Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And today I wanted to talk about how uh, step three of my sobriety program can be reimagined for stroke recovery. So, uh, so far I've talked about step one and step two and how I've been able to apply them to my stroke recovery. Um, Just to recap, one was when I finally, you know, I had been going through two years of denial and um, trying to work through the pain and just not admitting that anything was wrong with me. And I finally got to the point where I just, I couldn't even function anymore. Um, My life was unmanageable. I could not work and deal with the symptoms that I was experiencing. And so I had to make a decision. um, And that was to prioritize my health and walk away from work because I couldn't do both of them. And then the next thing I had to do pretty quickly after that, um, which is for me a reimagined step two, is realize that I needed to seek help outside of myself, that I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. And that help actually started before I even recognized that my life had become unmanageable, that I could not continue to manage work and my life with the pain that I was experiencing. Because I had people reaching out to me, um, providing help to me, trying to provide me guidance in the direction that I needed to go. Um, And and provide me suggestions about how I needed to see it, you know, go back to the doctor and, and take care of myself. So, um, so that, so next would be step three. And so step three in my sobriety program is, is about turning our will and our life over to a higher power. That's what it is in the sobriety program. And just as with step two, this um, this need to to find help outside of myself, you know, I've kind of um, redefined higher power in stroke recovery to be um, Team Rachel, right? Uh, doctors and friends and family. And, um, and it just so happens the, my network and sobriety has also been carried over easily to, um, because I need, I need that sort of support still with sobriety and mental health, um, as I'm dealing with stroke recovery. But in addition to that, a network with, um, other stroke survivors, So this higher power concept, um, as I mentioned in previous episodes, is really anything outside of myself, anything outside of myself, because I can't do it on my own. 
So step three um, is all about surrendering and humility and trusting in others, trusting in this higher power, and in this case, Team Rachel. So so I'm going to talk a little bit about how this can be broken down in stroke recovery and what does it mean um, when you're on a path of recovery from a stroke to, to turn your will and your life over to the care of Team Rachel. Because really, you know, the two years before I walked away from work, I was trying to control what was happening in my life. I was trying to manage everything, my pain, my work, my family, my uh, incredibly high-maintenance dogs, and, um, and I couldn't do it. And so what I needed to do is now that I've now that I've said, okay, I can't do this on my own, it seems like it's almost the same step, but it's not. Step two is saying, is, is making that um, acknowledgement that I can't do it on my own. Um, step three is, okay, I'm going to put all my trust into Team Rachel right? Because I, I'm not, I can't manage anything. You know, all I can do is take care of my mental health. That's really all I can do. I can make sure that I, that I, um, give my body the nutrients that it needs, that I exercise in any way that I can, that I take care of this body of mine and this mind of mine. But other than that, I need to trust in all of these medical professionals that, have spent their lives um, for exactly this to be able to help somebody like me. So, um, so it's a it's a huge step to be able to just kind of throw your hands up. And this is something that I've mentioned before that I do before I go to bed every night in my sobriety program. So um, I get on my knees and I pray beside my bed. And, um, and I've talked about how this isn't, this isn't something that, um, that I did my whole life or anything. This is brand new, brand spanking new, like over the past three or four years. And, um, and it's really gives me a sense of comfort. I almost feel like I'm just a little girl again. You know, it really, it really shrinks me down to size and humbles me. Um, it's a way of doing this like daily surrender. Like I've done all I can today, you know, I've done all I can. The rest is up to you. And just, you know, all I, (laughs) my only job right now is to get in this bed, try to, uh, get a full night's sleep and, um, hopefully have good dreams while I'm doing it. And then I can get up and, and start again tomorrow. So this is something that, um, that I do before bed and, 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 uh, and it feels good because it's, it's kind of an acknowledgement that I'm not bringing any of my problems to bed with me. Somebody told me once, 
you can put all your problems on your nightstand and they will be there when you wake up in the morning. Like you do not have to bring them to bed with you. And I absolutely love that concept of just putting my problems on my nightstand. And so I imagine that. I really do. I imagine that before I go to bed. So here are some of the ways that I feel that this step three, this idea of turning my will and my life over to Team Rachel for stroke recovery. This is how I break it down a little bit. So um, first of all, just like in sobriety, individuals are, we admit our powerlessness over alcohol and we have to acknowledge in the same way in stroke recovery that I cannot control any of this. You know, um, the, the initial stroke itself, like, this is all out of my control. There's nothing I can do about it. I, I cannot, you know, sometimes I want to cry about this and I haven't, I haven't cried about it. But I think, you know, I'm never going to be the same. I was thinking a couple nights ago, I was thinking, I'll never, I'll never be the same again. Um, no matter what, I'll never be the same again. And that's a tough pill to swallow, you know, um, I don't know to what capacity, obviously, I'll never be the same again, but I know that my brain is broken now. You know, it's not, I don't have the perfect brain anymore. <laughs> and that's what I felt like. I, you know, maybe I wasn't as, as, you know, smarter than everybody else or anything, but I had a perfectly put together brain and it's never going to be like that ever again in my whole life. Um, and that makes me really sad. Um, but I have to recognize that this is no different than all the other things that happen in my life that I have no control over. This just happens to be a bigger deal. You know, this happens to be something that has a serious impact on my way of life. But, you know, there was a lot of other things that have happened in my life that had a serious impact on my way of life, for sure. And, um, and so I just have to acknowledge that, that I'm, I'm powerless over this. Um, again, that, that drives me in the direction of, um, if I don't have control over any of this, then I need a whole team that's going to help me handle it. So the next part is, is humility. So humility plays a huge role in sobriety. And um, so recognizing the need for humility and stroke recovery um, can also apply. Understanding that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to lean on others, you know, like put your, check your ego at the door and, um, and just ask for help and guidance, whether that's from a professional, a therapist, or, um, you know, this is what my full-time job right now 
is seeking professional help. That's what I'm doing all the time. And when I'm not seeking professional help and making appointments and stuff, I'm, um, I'm going to these support groups, whether it's for sobriety or it's for my stroke. And <clears throat> so accepting that vulnerability is not a weakness. Um, and I've talked about this several times that it takes a stronger person to be able to identify a weakness and say, yeah, I'm going to take care of myself. You know, I'm going to work on that weakness instead of hiding it, you know, and acting like it's not there. So the next one is so um, identifying the higher power. So we've, I've talked about this already. Um, Team Rachel is what I'm putting together as my higher power for for stroke recovery. Um, in sobriety, um, traditionally, it has more of a spiritual context. and But for some people, it does just represent support systems and resources available to us. So, um, so for me, my higher power in stroke recovery is my medical team, support groups, family, um, and anywhere else that I find strength and gui guidance. Um, I, I probably am using my same higher power that I have in, in my sobriety as another layer of, of all of this in my stroke recovery. So it's like I, it's like I've actually built a larger higher power for all of this stuff going on. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Again, it's anything outside of yourself. As long as you are not solely relying on yourself and trying to find the answers within you. Um, because I did that. I did that for way too long. And my best thinking, again, uh, keeps me drunk and keeps me in pain, you know, when I don't have to be. So uh, and the next part is trusting the process. When newcomers come into sobriety, there is this hesitation for me, I looked at other people and everybody's laughing and, you know, and I'm like, what the hell do they all have to be happy about? Like, this is terrible. None of us can drink again. I've, you know, I'm losing everything. I, everything is like crap right now. And all these people are laughing and it's just like, either this is like a cult or they're all crazy. That's what it felt like. I thought there's no way that they understand the depth of my alcoholism. Like I get it that they all drank a lot, but there's no way that these people understand how much I just cannot function without alcohol. <laughs> well, of course I was wrong. And when I sat in these meetings, I just kept hearing my story coming out of somebody else's mouth. I kept hearing, um, you know, the impact 
alcohol has on these other people's lives. And, and it was how I felt. And somebody else was saying it. So, um, so trusting in the process. And, and for me, I need to understand that healing takes time. And um, I think it takes a heck of a lot more time than I'm wanting to spend. But, um, you know, I need to have faith that even though it's really difficult to get in with these doctors, um, you know, it's like I have a doctor's appointment, then I have to wait two months for the next doctor's appointment. And, um, and that can be really frustrating. But you know, what, what else do I have to do right now? Like, what I want to do is like fast track it all so I can get my life back to the way it's supposed to be. Well, maybe this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, there's a lesson in this part of my process. And so I need to soak it all in and be present in this part of the process. Um, next part, setting personal goals. So in in step three in sobriety, we're committing, we're making a commitment to, um, to doing that, you know, throwing your hands up and saying, uh, it's your way, not my way kind of thing. And um, so I think in the same way, setting clear goals, like clear commitments to where you want to be, what your objectives are. And, um, and I do that, I think, fairly regularly, you know, I, I definitely come on here a lot. And I'm talking about this or that uh, objective and goal, it keeps me going, it keeps me interested in you know, moving on, waking up the next day and, and achieving something else. And of course, this podcast is a huge part of that. But I've done things like um, getting back into yoga, you know, I've got my, all my little exercise programs that I do. And, and I've got my sewing, you know, hobbies, that's what keeps me mentally going. Uh, let's see. So next is seeking guidance and support. So, um, in sobriety, we have sponsors, which are just like mentors. And so it's important to find people in the stroke community that, that what we call it in sobriety is they want, they have what I want. You know, you see, just like I was saying, we go to the meetings and we see people, um, laughing and stuff. And, and you think they have what I want. I want to feel that way. I want to feel happy. And it's the same thing. Like I have already run across lots of people in stroke recovery that, um, that I'm like, I want to feel like that. I want to feel grateful. You know, I want to feel like I am committed. I want to feel like I'm sure that I'm going to get better, you know, that kind of thing. So looking, keeping an eye out for people who have, um, who are living the life that you are interested in living like, you know, um, have that guidance and encouragement. And um, 
So next is patience. Practice surrender and patience. And surrendering is is a huge, huge part of sobriety. Um, that's what I do every night before I go to bed. Um, thy will be done, not mine. That's what I say right before I go to bed every night. And it has always, you know, it rolls off my tongue right now, which is pretty funny because when I first started doing it, I felt awkward. Um, I didn't know who I was talking to even, but I just do it. I just acted as if, and now I feel so much better. Like when I say thy will be done, not mine, it just makes me feel like, you know, I don't have to keep trying to control anything anymore. It's the level of energy that I put in trying to control things is, is doing nothing. <laughs> it's doing nothing. It's not changing anything. Um, then if I just relax and let life happen a little bit. So practicing surrender and patience and um, having setting aside some time every day to have daily reflection and gratitude. You know, I mentioned yesterday, my daughter said to me, um, you know what a good thing is, is that you're going to all these doctors and you get to just check off all the things that aren't wrong with you. So in the time that I'm going to all these doctors and they can't seem to find out what's wrong with my vision um, and my head, she's right. I'm checking off all of these wonderful things that aren't wrong with me. So finding a way to journal um, or do mindfulness exercises. This podcast is my huge journaling and um, finding, uh, sorry, (laughs) this podcast is a way of me um, reflecting every day. And, and being grateful and, and just recapping what I was feeling that day. And, um, and I think, so the last one would be um, just continual improvement. So I talked about how it's, it takes time and you need surrender and patience, but just like sobriety. I, I work sobriety one day at a time. And that's a familiar statement to anyone who, who is not even sober is that's, that's what alcoholics do. We practice one day at a time. And there are some people who, you know, they get five years into sobriety or something in their family or their uh, husband or wife, they say, are you still going to those meetings? Aren't you done? Like, aren't you done with that? Well, it's a lifelong commitment. It's not, you don't go for like a year, five years, 10 years, and then you're done. Um, It's a lifelong commitment. And similarly, I need to look at my stroke as a lifelong commitment to self-improvement and continue to explore um, new therapies, adapt to changes, and continue to grow in whatever way I can with this new version of me. So 
I think that it really is amazing to me that I'm able to just draw so many parallels to my sobriety program and it's just keeping me strong because I'm familiar with it and I've said before I feel like my sobriety was practice for this big test here so that I can um, practice surrendering to something else that I can't control and humility and trusting in other people and making a commitment And I think that using the sobriety program as a framework for my healing and stroke recovery is just a blessing for me, that I have it, that I've been doing it for over seven years, and I know it. Um, I'm not a professional because we're we're never professionals at it. It's still, I'm a student every day. Um, I'm just able to, you know, I guess start a new class and bring bring my notebook over to the new class and just start applying what I know, and um, and know that I'm not I'm not alone and my future is gonna get brighter, and um, and there's stuff that's who knows what's gonna happen, right? It's it's kind of exciting. Who knows what's gonna happen? The direction that I thought my life was going into is completely different, but um, but it's it's probably still going to be kind of cool. So we'll see what happens. So um, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.